gonna be Monday. back till Monday. Oh, so this ain't the midlife one. This is the midlife one. So she going for a fucking week. Her midlife crisis last a week. I, I told mean, a nigga the other week. Imagine having a midlife crisis at damn twenty six <laughs> or twenty five. Shit, if my midlife crisis lead me to Paris, then <laughs> <laughs> I got to chill because she know we got got a pod. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even. Now, never mind. We, I ain't even save it for. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even get her the credentials. Welcome, 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 welcome. Matter of fact, no, no, no. Actually, I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to open to that soft ass we killed last year. Hey, Panther, we need to change that victory song. Nigga, I ain't gonna lie. That should be dead. We were supposed to be twenty today, but I forgot my shit. And plus, I just feel like you just didn't mean what we Welcome, welcome, welcome. Nine dom, nine dom. Bryce, what up? Bryce, what up? No, hey Bryce, what up? The pussy niggas keep speaking on your name like you old. Cool, cool, cool. You can watch our pod again, little bro. You can watch our pod again. He don't fuck with me still. It don't matter. That's usually how it always go, Bryce. They love you, they hate you when you down, they love you when you up. That's real shit. I got a question why they ain't on me. I ain't did nothing to them. What, nigga, what? Matter of fact, don't speak. Don't speak, don't speak. Oh, 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 it's Victory Monday for me, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We loud, we loud, we coming in high. I don't care. Turn it down on YouTube. Turn it down on Spotify. I, 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 I don't give a fuck. We up, nigga. What up? We want to know this week. I don't want to hear nothing about shit that happened before. Shit that's gonna happen after. No, we won it all this week. That's it. That's all y'all need to know. What up? And it's hot. It's hot too. I ain't gonna lie. It's hot. It's rocking in the headphones. <laughs> Got niggas thinking they're DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that motherfucker. That that bitch. Welcome, welcome. I missed this. I missed this. You know, the last six weeks been kind of rough for me, so. Shit's so crazy. 295 days. 295 days since the Panthers' last victory. Shit just embarrassed. All that to say, JJ hit me up talking about playoffs. And it's been 295 <laughs> They know that. If they tune into the live stream, they know that. I looked at the schedule again today. <laughs> Niggas shouldn't have let me see what I seen the other day. This, about, this goes back to the prediction from training camp, though. I, I've been right on so far. What? I say y'all going to have y'all first win coming out the bye. Yeah, I mean, you did. You did. I can't Shit lie. so crazy. We good, though. We turned up. We want to know this week. That's all that matters. Very nasty work. Nasty work. Nasty, nasty work. Welcome, 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 welcome to FPFO. I'm sitting up for good reason. For one, I wanted to DJ for a second. That's number one. Um, But yeah, also, damn, I feel like I'm loud as hell. Am I loud? Uh, We have our jersey giveaway that we're going to announce to start the podcast off. Yeah, because y'all been blowing niggas the fuck up. I swear to God. But first and foremost, welcome to FPFO. Um, I'm your host, JJ. I'm your co-host, Terrence. Welcome back. Another episode, another week. Go ahead. 
Oh, my fault. Yeah, yeah. Producer, cameraman, and voice of reason. You know, See, Tavian. Niggas go too far every time. <laughs> I'm not that's, mad that's, at that's it. That's what I got to be. Yeah, I'm not y'all, mad y'all at be it. ready to jump off the ledge like today. <laughs> so here we go. Like today. I'm, we chilling. Uh, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram, at FPFO, at For Panthers Fans Only. Um, if you don't already, follow us on TikTok, For, Pan- for Panthers Fans Only. Um, X, C-A-R, F-P-F-O, Threads, for Panthers fans only, YouTube, at the G2S Network. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks so much for being here. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon, turn noties on. What else? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Nah, for real. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, So we're going to get the jersey giveaway rocking. Um, I got the wheel. I didn't want to do the wheel just because I feel like everybody do the wheel, but we're going to do the wheel. So many names, over a hundred entries. I want to make sure everybody get the chance to see. We working with some new equipment today. I don't know if y'all can see that or not, but all the names are in. Everybody locked and loaded. We gonna spin the wheel. Um. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. Episode about to be cut oh, short. God. <laughs> oh God, I was about to be mad as hell too. In four K too. Nah, for real. Sixty FPS too. No cap. Mm. Matter of fact, let me not even get on that. Yeah, we coming at y'all with a very special edition. Nah, for sure. PFO. For sure, for sure. Um, I just sound like I, I feel like I sound weird, bro. I don't know why, but. Um, coming in a little hot. I know. I don't know why. Check. Check, check. Oh, no, no. You won, ain't you? You won now. There we go. There we go. Am I? Yeah, I might be. Yeah, you're one now. Check. Okay, cool. That's a lot better. Um, all right, let's spin the wheel. We're going to spin it for 45 seconds. And actually, um, so we did promote it as a jersey giveaway. Um, but because we had so many entries, we didn't just want to pick one out of 100 people. So we decided that we're going to do three gifts. Um, obviously, the big one being the jersey. And then we also have an autographed Chuba Hubbard card, um, as well as five, what do you say, five? Five Panthers cards, five yeah, Panthers like trade cards. Yeah, Panthers pack cards. Or yeah. A Panthers pack full of cards, whatever the fuck you want to say. Facts. Yeah, yeah, y'all get it. There's five of them, so um, we are doing three gifts, so we're going to spin the wheel three times. Um, the first person will be uh, the winner of the jersey. The second person will be the Chuba Hubbard, and the third person will be the Panthers pack. And we spin it. You like my <laughs> Niggas you know? been working on that. <laughs> I told you, bro. Like, that shit took me so long to enter all them damn names in, too. And appreciate everybody tuning in to the um for entering the entering the giveaway. I don't even know why that's coming in like that. I don't like it. Look at this shit, bro. There's so many damn names, bro. Yeah. Like the more and more I enter, bro, that shit took me like an hour. I was like, damn. I pray y'all have better luck in this than I do in our fantasy draft with this fucking wheel, so. Mm. Don't talk about fantasy this week. <laughs> I won. Niggas first win in <laughs> three years. A Super Bowl, I feel it. Oh, my Ooh. God. Greg Flax. Shout out, Greg. That's Dang. bro. Yeah, he be tapped in. Nah, for real. <laughs> Show the camera. Mm-hmm, Greg mm-hmm. Flax. Shout out you. Greg do be tapped in. Greg been one of our main supporters from the very beginning. Got the opportunity to meet him at the draft party. Met him and his beautiful family. That was a great experience. So, congratulations, Greg. We're going to spin again. Couldn't think of a more fitting person to get the jersey. Oh, like, mm-hmm. honestly, to yeah. be honest. Shout out, Greg. Shout <coughs> out, <Yeah>. Greg. <laughs> Shout out, Greg, for the show. Shout out, Greg. Shout out, Greg, for the show, because he's been showing love. Cheers, man. Oh, shit. 
Cheers, brother. Don't come on camera, though. You know I got the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Oh, you got the Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. Gotta start pulling That's everything lit. out in the win. Oh, God. I'm happy Greg won that shit. I spun this shit for so damn long. Hudson Gregor. Is that how you say it? Hudson, Georgia? Hudson, <laughs> <laughs> it Hudson, looked like Georgia Hudson, R? Georgia. But Hudson. I mean, that would... Never mind. <laughs> I, think <it's laughs> Hudson, I think it's Hudson, Georgia R. Or something uh, like that. I don't know. Be. Whoever it is, Hudson, shout out to you. Um, congratulations. You have won the uh, Chuba Hubbard autograph card. And we're going to do our last one. We good? Yeah, man. The way Chuba been balling, you might, you might win, get might you a, a little more money off of that. <laughs> oh God! Wait you a few years, might get a little bit of money. Yeah, cause Miles Sanders, hey, you good as clipbit, bro. Hate yeah. to tell you, but we gonna talk about it. Don't worry, we gonna get into the episode. Y'all just bear with us. This is this was the plan all along. We wanted to get through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do the jersey giveaway. Coming at a great time after a win. <clears throat> Doesn't feel like a pointless giveaway with a you know behind a loss. During the bye week, again, make sure y'all continue to follow because we will continue to do stuff like this. Have a huge giveaway during Christmas. Um, Going to be giving away Green Bay Packers tickets for the Christmas Eve game. That giveaway is going to be insane. We have we're going to have multiple multiple prizes. Yep. just crazy shit too. You seen them yep. sitting alone? Damn. That's bro. Can't talk right now, buddy. Panthers right. Union 2. Panthers Union 2. Cool. Seems like a Panthers fan page, so. Oh, God. That's love. Yeah, I mean, y'all want some cards. Most definitely. Congratulations. Hopefully it's a, uh, do we, we don't know what cards are in there, dude. Nah, it's a, it's a surprise pack. Mm. Maybe it's a Bryce Young rookie card. Mm. Maybe you got a BB rookie card or something like that. Who knows? You never know. Frankie Louvu. You never know. All right, cool. Now that's out the way. Um. Go ahead and get your <laughs> shit off. Go ahead and get your shit off, because I what, know you've been waiting. Go ahead. You got the jersey on. How you feeling? I mean, getting a win after how many weeks? 295 days. Well, 295 <laughs> days. Almost a fucking year. I mean, not quite, but, I mean, damn, it's close enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel – I shouldn't feel this good after – like, we're one and six. I shouldn't feel this good. But damn near – Every Panthers fan felt like we won a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know why. Oh but, That's real. But that shit just felt a little different. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the win wasn't pretty. Like, it was 15-13. Very nasty-ass score, if you ask me. But um, just happy to get the job done. Uh, like I said, I wasn't in attendance, and it seems like we win when I don't go, so... Uh, it might be me. That's what my manager told me today. So <laughs> it might be me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, very happy we got the win. Um, I think defense they played better than what I expected. Um, they they stepped up in big moments when they needed to. Uh, and of course, man, number nine, hey, he was looking a little different. He was. And matter of fact, I was at the gym this morning, and they were showing ESPN top 10. 
number five. Mm-hmm. That play, he escaped the pocket, threw it at Adam Thielen up the sideline about 40 yards. Yeah, he was looking a little different. That's all I got to say. But, um, yeah, uh, we should. I don't know. I hope this momentum builds and we can go in the next week, do the same thing, week after, do the same thing. I'll be in attendance those games, so that shit might be up in the air a little bit. But, um, yeah, excited we got the win. Uh, obviously, we're going to break down a lot more things, but that's initial reaction. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> it feels great to get a win. It feels great to get a win. Like you said, I mean, it's been damn near – 52 weeks, um, right? That's how many weeks are in a, in a year? Cool, okay, yep. perfect. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a very, very long time. It has. I mean, like you said, for whatever reason, it felt like we won the Super Bowl. I was in attendance this week. Um, and it felt different. It felt different. I mean, that was a feeling that I hadn't experienced in a long time. The Carolina Panthers fan base had the experience in a long time. Um, and obviously, you know, being as hyped up as the matchup was, in my opinion, with, you know, number one and number two going head to head, I think that played a role in it as well. Not just the win, but the fact that I think some Carolina Panthers fans found ease in the fact that, you know, Bryce Young clipped CJ, and that may have been one of those situations where that was the confidence they needed and the faith that they needed to um, invest, I guess you could say, in Bryce Young. And that was, you know, the turning point in that situation. So um, it was different. It was different. It felt different. Everything after the game, you know, you had a lot of people did not leave after the game, directly after the game. I will say that. A lot of people didn't leave until the last player left the field. And that's no cap. A lot of people, a lot of people, which was, you know, another shocking thing that I saw because, you know, if you if you frequent the bank, you know, to come about halfway through the third, damn near a quarter of the stadium is gone. Yeah, they be getting up out of there. <laughs> they be getting up out of there. And it'd be like, it'd still be winnable games, but it's just like, it's just so nasty and at times unbearable that that's what's going on. So that was another thing that was very unique and exciting to see. Um, overall, you know, overall, the, the game as a whole, like you said, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, but in in my eyes, we're one to know. We're one to know. Ultimately, that's what matters at this time. Um, it gives you something to build off of. Obviously, we saw Thomas Brown, his offensive coordinating play calling debut. So that was exciting because the offense did look significantly different. I went back and watched the film, um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So we'll just we'll stay on track. But feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. We still have a lot of work to do. Um, great win off of the bye. Congratulations to Bryce Young kind of getting that monkey off of his back because I know that, you know, though him and CJ Down played it in the media throughout the week, that's not what time it was. You know, I know they're boys and everything like that, but at the end of the day, they're both competitors. I know that's not what time it was. I know that a lot of that shit he was hearing through the media, throughout the media, throughout the fan base, you know, throughout everything. News articles, journalists, etc., having to answer all the questions throughout the uh, with the media all throughout the week, he was feeling it. He was feeling it for sure, and I think that was that was big time for sure. And, and we'll dive a little bit more into it because I'm going to give him a lot of credit this week. 
Yeah, he, you know, he was definitely feeling it because all you got to do is look at that little clip of him walking into the, into locker, the locker room. Fuck is you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was hearing. I like that. He was like teed that. up. And, mm-hmm. and to speak about that matchup, how you were saying, uh, it gave a lot of fans the ease that they needed to feel, which I really don't know why, but I guess that's another story for another day. And hopefully it shipped some of them bitch ass niggas out because there's one nigga in particular. That is on Facebook, and, bro, this nigga make me mad every week. I don't know why I allow myself to get worked up. But he had this pregame analysis that Bryce was going to turn the ball over at least two times. He was like, I'm damn near 1,000% sure we'll lose by 14. It's because Bryce is too small. He can't see over the line. C.J. Stroud should have been our pick. All types of fucking weird bullshit. But allegedly he's been a fan since 95. But he hasn't said shit about the win since Sunday, which is very fucking weird to me. So if we got any fans like that in the crowd, I mean, see you the fuck later. Yeah, hey, little bro, leave the analyzing to us. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I told a nigga, don't quit your fucking day job to be an analyst because that shit was terrible. About terrible two or, three week, two or three weeks ago, you said you was going you was going to call his name. If he his name, his name is John Quill something. <laughs> John Quill JQ something. I don't even know what the fuck it is. But nigga, stick to your fucking day job. Well, message from Terrence. Um, can, we, can we say that was the most bass I've ever heard in Bryce's voice, though, when he came to that locker room? Finally, bro. I mean, his nah, not, uh, listen to me, bro. you want to get niggas started. Look, even in the press conference, I said, oh, this nigga can speak loud. He can't add some decibels to his fucking voice. Mm-hmm. He don't sound like a pussy no more. Nah, he sounded like one of the boys now. I mean, what? that's what happened hey, when, Bryce, congratulations, niggas, when niggas play competent football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bryce, I... I should I, I matter of fact, I'm gonna just go ahead and start. I'm gonna go ahead and start. I'm gonna go kind of off, off, uh, off cue, I guess you could say. Um, first and foremost, Bryce Young, congratulations! Congratulations, you had a lot of fans out there like me that were very, very, very critical of you, um, extremely critical of you throughout the season. A lot of fans like me that you know had doubts about taking you number one. Specifically in the season after we seen the start that CJ Stroud got off to. A lot of fans that, you know, pre draft night questioned your ability to absorb hits, questioned your size, um, questioned your ability to play this game at this level. And I will say, Sunday, you showed me a lot. Sunday, you showed me a lot. And I think that I would be correct in saying that Sunday, Bryce Young was by far the toughest player on the football field. Some of the hits and some of the passes that were delivered while those hits were being received were commendable, respectable, and I could do nothing else. If I wanted to be irresponsible with my platform, I would still be standing true to the tonality that I had two or three weeks ago when I came on here and aired Bryce out. Right? I mean, <laughs> am, am I right or am I wrong? If I wanted, you know what I'm saying? But I'm a man, and so I can come in here and tell y'all that I was wrong and that Bryce Young showed me something Sunday. But this is what I told y'all in that pre in, in a preview that released on Friday, that I just want to see Bryce Young let his nuts drop. That's all, because it, to me, that moment hadn't come yet. That moment hadn't come yet. The hits that he was taking – all throughout the game on Sunday, for one, it's an issue. And we're going to get on Icky, too. Because, Icky, we got to have a conversation. And I hate to tell you, I don't give a fuck. We're going to end up blocked. But it's okay. 
It's okay. You won't be the only one. Don't worry. Um, but the hits that he was taking and the ability to still deliver the football at a very, very elite level, Bryce Young showed me something on Sunday. Um, and I and I will say that these flashes that you guys were speaking about when I went on my 30-minute rant about how he wasn't doing shit and how he wasn't shit up until that point, these flashes are starting to show themselves more and more and more as time goes on. We saw a couple during the Detroit game. Now, obviously, the two turnovers were, was what that sent me over the edge, but as I went back and watched film over the bye, I saw it. Um, the Miami game, we know the story about that. That was kind of more of a team thing, protecting the football a little bit better. Um, the, f- the first quarter of that was just simply amazing. Um, and then, of course, this past week, the win against C.J. Stroud had to head in the way that he was delivering the football, the pocket presence, the pocket awareness, just everything. I, I was very, very impressed with what I saw on Sunday. Um, and I wish that we could have, you know, I wish it wouldn't have been as nasty and as ugly. But what I saw on Sunday gave me hope and it gave me confidence going forward. So Bryce Young, I apologize. Terrence, I apologize because I know that, you know, <laughs> you know, I know that you were waiting for that for one and for two. I know that you tried to tell me when I was spazzing that this time was going to come and that I was going to look like a jackass. And transparently, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't look like that right now. But in that same breath, like I said, after I went on that rant, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan at the end of the day, and I hope that he has the ability to be successful. Because if he's successful, this organization and this team will be successful. And that's why we saw our first win on Sunday was simply because of the performance that Bryce Young put on. Now, was it world-breaking? Was it extravagant? What? No. But when it was time for him to drop his nuts, when it was time to make a big play, when it was time to be a playmaker, he showed that he had the ability to do so. And when the time came when he was pinned all the way back on the nine-yard line, with about six minutes left in the game, he let his nuts drop. Yeah, that was, that that reminded me. That was like Eagles esque, cause you know them niggas like to hold the ball for a whole fucking quarter, and shit like that. And the fact that we just got the bitch on a nine yard line with six minutes left and ain't let them motherfuckers touch the ball the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean that shit was just different in my opinion. But yeah, I mean shout out to Bryce, man. You you can see like the progression. From game to game, um, and I know it, it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse when I say that, but like I think if you truly watch, then you can actually see that he looked a lot more elite in the pocket. Um, he had a lot more pocket presence than <clears throat> he has had in previous games, and I think is is simply because I mean he's starting to realize that I don't have the best line in front of me. So if I want to put my team in the best position to win games, then I'm going to have to improvise. I'm going to have to be a little bit more mobile, even though we know that's not what he really likes to do. Um, I'm going to start having to look to more receivers than just Adam Thielen, even though that's his favorite target. But as you can see, uh, Mingo got involved in the game a little bit more this week. Uh, The ball started to get spread around a little bit more this week. And so – I think the more he he starts to learn that offense, the more he starts to learn the players around him, the more he starts to adapt to the situation that he's in because it's not something that we can change at this point in the season, then he will continue to get better. And we we will continue to see the offense look a little better. And I think, I mean, that is a reflection of Thomas Brown as well. Uh, If you don't know, 
This was his first week calling plays. Um, and obviously the scoreboard didn't show it, but I think that the play calling looked a lot better than it has in previous weeks, just mainly because, I mean, just the personnel, one thing, the personnel that was on the field, also not the same sequence of plays running the ball two or three times in a row, then passing on third down and things like that. I think it was a lot of things that, that looked a lot different, and I think we we reaped the benefits of that by coming out with a win. So, yeah, shout-out to Bryce, first win of his NFL career. Hopefully this is something to build on. Hopefully this is something that he can take in the next week and continue to build on throughout the season. Yep. Couldn't, say, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, <clears throat> Bryce Young, 22-31, 235 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. Definitely want to highlight that. Um, Chuba Hubbard, 15 carries for 28 yards, not efficient at all. Nasty. Nasty work. Um, even nastier. Mm. Miles Sanders, two carries for zero yards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And then you, ooh. Mm, don't, don't. We, we got him. We got him. Trust me. <laughs> uh, Adam Thielen, eight catches for 72 yards. Once again, the, re- uh, the receiving leader. Um, Jonathan Mingo, four for 62. Blackshear, two for 26. Chuba, two for 26. And then the lone touchdown coming from Tommy Trimble with two for four. Um, good to see a Steven Sullivan sighting as well. He's back. Got some action this week. Saw him catch a ball in the first half. Very, very good sign if you ask me personally. Uh, defensively, Frankie Louvu, 12 tackles. Two TFLs, a sack, two pass breakups. I mean, they said mama was in the stands for the first time ever. And, I mean, God damn it, she don't need to come back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck, Frank. But it's okay. We're going to talk about that, too, because I've been trying to tell. I don't know. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Eight uh, eight tackles from X. Uh, Jamie Robinson got a lot of action this week as well. He had five tackles. That was solid to see. (laughs) Um, and then Brian Burns did add a sack um, to his stat line for the season. Time of possession, uh, 30 to 29 in favor of Carolina, 224 to 229 Texans, 180 passing yards. Obviously, the sacks are involved or added in that total. Um, 180 or 119, Bryce Young, rushing yards, 110 to 44. Texans, 20 to 16, first downs, penalties. We're going to talk about this as well. Three for Carolina, 10 for Houston. One turnover for Houston. Um, six sacks allowed from the Carolina Panthers. Two for the Texans. 61 total plays. And then just for context and just because, obviously, this is the narrative that we're uh, engulfed in at the time. C.J. Stroud, 16 of 24 for 140 yards. Um so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> first and foremost, the defense did a hell of a job. I want to start there. That is something that, you know, Terrence was vocal about a couple weeks ago when we had a conversation about Bryce Young and him not having that support. I've been vocal about it as far as the ability or lack thereof, lack thereof to play complementary football when one side of the football has played well this year, the other side simply hasn't. Um but I mean, when you only hold a team, when you hold a team to only thirteen points, you're supposed to win the football game. Thankful that we did, 
but the defense did a phenomenal job, a hell of a job. Um, that was that would be my first thing, I guess you could say, off rip is the first thing that I want to you know kind of mention and talk about the job that they did. Um, what else? This this week, this team stood up, and I think that it, it kind of rallied behind Bryce Young because I think that they knew what he was experiencing and going through the, the week leading up to this matchup, um, especially coming off a of bye week. But this was my first time this season seeing this team get punched in the mouth, seeing this team having the opportunity to fold and not doing so. It could have come on the Eddie Pinero missed extra point. It could have come in the first quarter where we marched the ball all the way down the field inside the five-yard line, and we stalled out. It could have come when, you know, we had the turnover against Houston, the peanut punt from Dante Jackson, and then we only get three from it. It could have come at a, at a couple of different points in time, but it did not happen. It did not happen. And this is one of the things, like we said, again, we've been speaking about this the whole season. We've been talking about this the whole season. This team likes folding when it gets punched in the mouth. This week, that simply did not happen. This team looked a little different to me. It looked a little different to me. We came out with a little more physicality, um, more intensity, seemed like we were ready to play. And like I mentioned to Terrence last week or a week and a half ago, two weeks, whenever it was, I think when we get when we start getting some of these bodies back, I think shit is going to turn around a little bit. We saw Austin Corbett come back as well. Now, he didn't have the most phenomenal game because I know after the game on the live, we spoke about it um, <clears throat> with Dunk and with Shamik and Dylan and everything like that. We spoke about Austin Corbett and how, you know, we didn't really hear his name called. I will say at times he looked a tad bit behind um, from a speed standpoint. Um, there was a couple of plays where he got beat on, beat very badly from a pass rush standpoint as well. But he looked solid as well. And then, obviously, you had X come back this week who has missed, what, the last two, three, maybe four games with that hamstring injury. And, you know, he was the second leading tackler on, on the team. And so, as these bodies start to come back, as Bryce Young gets a lot more reps and a lot more experience, I think this football team will continue in the right direction. Um, but as of right now, we'll stay with we'll stay with where we're at, and and say a solid win, very solid win in my opinion against a solid football team against a number two overall pick, um, and you know we we executed well enough to win the football game, so I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I was very impressed with the defense, uh, defensive unit led by Frankie Louvu. I think he he brought the energy early in the game. And that allowed everybody else to get involved and kind of come with that same type of energy. Um, and like JJ said, I think it a lot of it has something to do with them just simply wanting to get behind their brother and Bryce and kind of be there for him during the week that I know that he was going through, facing off against the number two pick and then having to hear the fans and the media compare the two. And so I think that – that, that played a big role in how the team played this past week. Uh, defense did look a lot better, looked a lot better than they have in previous games. Obviously, I don't like the fact that our run game still looks a little pedestrian. 
uh, or run defense, should I say, and run game, honestly. But, yeah, our run defense, uh, a lot of missed tackles, man. A lot of missed tackles, even by guys like Brian Burns, Dante Jackson, guys that's been here a while, guys that's been in those positions before, still missing tackles. Uh, but overall, I think the defense played a played a solid game. They really neutralized uh, C.J. Stroud, didn't really allow him to get into a rhythm, uh, batted a lot of balls down at the line of scrimmage. And it's just crazy how those tables turn because a lot of y'all had a lot to say about Bryce being too small. He was this, he was that, can't see over the line. Uh, a lot of passes was going to get batted down. And, I mean, honestly, it's just time for that narrative to die. Uh, and I think we've we seen that this week. Um, C.J. Stroud was on the other end of that. He had a lot of passes bat- batted down at the line of scrimmage, and I give credit to those guys up front, Derrick Brown, Shaw Tuttle. Uh, they made it very nasty for him, uh, very hard for him to get into a rhythm and throw the ball. So, yeah, shout-out to the defense. Um when your defense can play like that every game, like J.J. said, if, if you hold a team to 13 points, then you should win the game. Like, your offense should be able to score two to three touchdowns a game. That's not a lot to ask for. And being that we came in and done that, uh, then we've seen the results in the end, honestly. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> for sure. And going back to, you know, what you said about the missed tackles, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. You you start to see it week in and week out, and it's like, I mean, damn, do we not go over tackling drills in practice? Yep, that bad angles. I mean, and, and, and Dunk is really, really bad for that too. Yeah, and y'all know we love Dunk. Dunk is a friend of the show, but Dunk is very bad with his angles at times. That shit gets wicked, and when you're a safety and you're the last line of defense, and your angles aren't the best. That is not a recipe for success. I hate to yeah, say Yeah, I, I, I seen him a lot throughout the game just whiffing on tackles. And I try to extend him a little grace because he is a special teams player. Like, he has the potential to be a starting safety, but he hasn't had a lot of experience there. So, he's filling in for who? Von Bell, uh, yep. Jeremy Chen, guys like that. So, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of experience there. So maybe as the season goes along, he'll get a little better. But as of right now, I mean, that shit is just hard to watch. It's hard football to watch when you have guys just missing tackles and then guys breaking off for 15 to 20-yard gains afterwards. Yeah, for sure. You got something to add? <clears throat> I just wanted to propose a question as we were talking about the defensive players and missed t- tackles. What did you see from EJ this week? Did you see improvement? Um, from his play calling, because I want to kind of call out that something that I something that I heard was interesting this week from uh, Acho. I don't know if y'all guys watch Speak, but Acho yeah. had said about the 49ers that they have a Steve Wilkes problem. Mm. Um, talking about their defense, so like, what did you see from EJ? <sighs> um, I think that <clears throat> we did a we did a great job with mixing things up. We did a great job with mixing things up. Obviously, in the three four. A lot of things are going to change. Um, however, that's just our base. So, you know, you got some of those 3-4 looks, but you also got a couple of those 4-3 looks. You got a couple of shell coverages. You got a couple of, you know, man-to-man. So I think that, you know, the the best thing that I saw from EJ, I guess you could say, this week was just the ability to keep a rookie quarterback on the other side of the field guessing. 
I think that that was the best thing. And then I do feel as though the execution was a little bit better. Some of these balls that we've seen these guys get burnt on throughout the season, that really didn't happen. And the two that really stick out to me, um, they took a shot off a of play action. I want to say it was a bootleg <clears throat> in the first half. And I don't even know who was covered in. It may have been. I think it was CJ. If th- I'm thinking of the yeah. one you're talking about. I like think he it overshot was him. Yeah, he kind of overshot him. But in that same breath, it was great coverage. The reason why he overshot him is because he couldn't, you know, put the ball directly on the receiver. He had to throw to a spot. Um, and that, that, to me, is an execution thing. So, obviously, whatever we're doing in practice from a defensive standpoint is working on the outside more. And, again, the ability to keep CJ guessing played a big part in that. And then, obviously, again, the second play that I'm referring to as well was the little corner route. Well, it really wasn't a little corner route. A big corner route. They tried to take a shot. I believe it was in the fourth quarter as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And it was just, again, phenomenal coverage. So, I think that what we've seen from a defensive standpoint, obviously, game plan-wise, was a phenomenal job from EJ because the ability to switch things up give different looks, even being down Jeremy Chen, even being down Von Bell, that was significant, and he did a hell of a job on that that aspect and that front. Um, so I won't take anything away from him, but also the execution was a lot better. So it's kind of hard to gauge, you know, the, the shit play that we've seen from the defense before. Maybe it wasn't as much of a responsibility of EJ's, I guess you could say, more so than a lack of execution. Because if they were being put in this position the whole season and we just weren't executing and our nuts were shriveling up, you know, when it was a big moment or when somebody tried to bomb us, then, you know, maybe it was never really an EJ problem. Maybe it was just a lack of execution. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I can give, like, credit to EJ. I mean as far as scheming it up to make it hard on a rookie quarterback, making a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. But, I mean, I give a lot of props to the D-line. I think they had C.J. Stroud rattled a little early. Um, Like his – the first possession that he had, they were like third and two, and then you bat a ball down. And so, I mean – yeah, I, I think the D-line played a big part in getting some pressure on C.J. Uh, so I guess I can give a little bit of credit to E.J. He he was switching things up, sending different blitzes and things like that. But I think that it really started up front this week. Uh, I think the the trenches, they were a little more aggressive this week. Um, I think Derrick Brown, he did a great job in just dominating the line of scrimmage. Like, you're on that front, you're the best player. And so I think that this game, he more so played like he was the best player. Like, he he had that kind of mentality going into it. And then when you get that backed by guys like Sha Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, he had a fairly good game. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say what J.J. said. I think it was more so of an execution thing and more so of a really being a dominant force and showing that you're better than the guys that's lined up in front of you. Yeah, and I want to just to go off of that again. Um, this is, but this is what we see in the NFL, right? Week to week league. Uh, it's week. It's a week to week league. Number one, and then number two, you know, we're having this conversation about execution, and we're you know we're kind of downplaying what EJ did and bigging up the execution. But that's again, that's kind of 
you know, the, the business that we're in. When things aren't going well, we have to look at coaching. It's never really an execution or it's never really a, a individual player's fault. We just automatically go to coaching. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or a good thing because, like, we're having this conversation right now. On this podcast, we've done that, right? But we haven't necessarily dove completely into maybe the flaws of the execution, though that is something that Frank Reich has said a couple of times in the, in the precedent things of that nature from an execution standpoint, and we're not that's not lost upon us. But when things aren't going well, we're going to look directly at the coach and the coaching. When things are going well, we're going to commend and big up the players, and that's, you know, that's a deeper, darker conversation, but that's just to add some context because, like I said, if this has been the approach week in and week out and there's just simply been a lack of execution, then we never really had an EJ problem, and mm. maybe we were being too tough on them. Yeah. No, it just it, I was just scrolling. Uh, I was on Instagram, and that just I just saw that quote, and I remember watching the video on the speak about it earlier, and I was like, it's a perfect opportunity for that because we were here. Here we were sitting – Two weeks ago, a week ago, calling for Frank Wright's head and calling back, calling for Steve Wilkes like that should have been the decision in the offseason. And then here we are looking at San Francisco coming off with three consecutive losses, I believe. And now people pointing, pointing the finger at Steve Wilkes saying, hey, you know, something ain't right with the scheme. Yeah, that's how it goes, because after that Cowboys game, that wasn't even a question. And I'm at not all. saying no, that, no, no, it absolutely you know, wasn't. It's just for the context. Yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a conversation at all. So, that, again, that's the league and that's the business that we're in. And I will say, going back to EJ, like I started the podcast off kind of with the game review, was the fact that this team felt a little bit different. That defense had a little more juice. Now, I don't know if you can, you know, attribute that to uh, X coming back or Jeremy Chin being on IR and they're trying to play for their guy or the matchup. I don't know what it was because of, but when you come out with that juice, then – it's going to look a lot different, specifically defensively, and that's not something that I can blame EJ for when a defense comes out flat and a defense is ready to fold when they get punched in the mouth. Maybe it was for Bryce. Maybe they knew there was no way that in hell too. that you can let this other guy across from you beat you and yep. beat your guy because you know what comes with it. And we said that on the game preview. Yeah, I I, I think, like, I, I definitely agree with both of y'all's points. Um, just to – I kind of see why why it goes back to coaching. And I say that because it's like when you have, like, say, guys on the field that lacks execution. I mean, as a coach, I mean, if we can see that, then the coach needs to be the one to call it out. And if a guy can't, if he has a problem executing on plays, then I don't need to see that guy week in and week out. So I think that that's when it, when it comes down to coaching. And not saying that we made any defensive changes or anything like that. But um, so I think that's why EJ was taking most of the blame. But, I mean, in, in transparency, to shoot him some bail, like you're still seeing the same problems week in and week out. You're still seeing missed tackles. Like you're still seeing us not really sacking the quarterback and things of that nature. So, I mean, I, I think it goes both ways. It goes hand to hand. But. Like I said, I, I think it was more so of a of a thing of we're going to play for Bryce and then we're also going to let our nuts hang because we know deep down inside we're better than this team that's lined up in front of us. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a good point. I would just ask you or just comment. No, I would ask you more so than anything. When you're presented with the hand, I mean, you got to play your hand. 
So it's just like, I mean, if you're seeing a lack of execution, but it's coming from a nigga like Brian Burns or Derrick Brown, not saying that that's been the case, but if that's what's, what's available and those are your best options, what realistically, what can you do? Well, I mean, you know how, how what I said about Brian Burns last week. I mean, nigga, if you're going to show that that minimum amount of effort, then I don't even want you on the fucking field. Like, if, if you're going to show effort, if you're going to show little to no effort, knowing that you are the best player, arguably, on this side of the football, and you just continue not to play like it week in and week out, then, I mean, nigga, as a coach, I I might get ridiculed for it. But as a coach, I got to do my job and put the niggas in who wants to play. I know you don't have a contract. Like, I know that plays a part in the way you might be playing. But at the same time, I'm fighting for my life right now. We're 0-6. We have to win football games. And in order to win football games, then I need to put the players on the field who I know is going to run through a brick wall for me no matter what the fuck might be going on in the contract room. So, I mean, but it, like there's I said. No way, there's no way that as a defensive coordinator you can make the decision to not put a healthy Brian Burns on the football field. I mean, yeah, I said he might get ridiculed for it, but, I mean, at the same time, if which I don't think that – I think Brian Burns is just a, a hell of an athlete, so even when he gives little to no effort, I mean, it still looks a lot better than what guys we have on the bench. Right. So so you got to play the hand. That's why I'm saying you kind of got to play the hand that's dealt to you at that point. Um, and, and not to um, – not to mislead you guys or anything, I think Brian Burns played a solid game. With the exception of getting dropped off by Damian Pierce in the backfield, I mean, my God. <laughs> with the exception of that, or what, it was, yeah, it was Damian Pierce, right? That yeah. play? Yeah. With the exception of that, I think Brian Burns played a good game. I think that, I don't know what was said, I don't know what happened, but I think that his effort this week looked more like 100% to me. Yeah, I mean that's just my opinion. I don't know if you felt something different or saw something different, but he was a lot more involved in the game and he was around the football a lot more. Now it wouldn't show you directly on the stat sheet, but he was a, he was a lot more involved in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I agree with that. It just kind of pisses me off that it, it hasn't been happening week in and week out. That 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 just really pisses me off. But I mean. I guess you'd rather have it one day than not have it at all. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um. Cool. So there was a couple of things that I wanted to kind of dive into and, you know, touch on. Um, and these are just, I'll just throw this out here real quick just so we can kind of get through it. The the reason why I spazzed on Bryce the way I did a couple weeks ago, was from a lack of protection of the football. I just want to come on and commend Bryce as well as the offense as a whole for the last two games that we played, both have been zero turnovers. We had three against the Lions, and then after that, the Dolphins and the Texans, we had zero. And we're not putting the ball on the ground. That's number one. And we're not leaving the ball, and we're not throwing bad passes, leaving the ball in the air for the defensive players to, you know, make a play on the football. So that's number one because that was one of the biggest problems that – I've had throughout the year, and I think we did a hell of a job with that, you know, and, and I think a lot of the times, a lot of the things that we say kind of gets lost in our tone, specifically me, um, because I know I be high strong when I come on here, and I know I speak with passion. Sometimes that shit, you know, gets 
gets verbal, feel like a verbal threat or whatever may have you, but it never really, really be that. It just more so be, you know, the fact that I understand what winning football looks like on the NFL level. When you have turnovers and then you correlate turnovers or add turnovers and a lack of discipline together, that shit looks like bullshit losing football. The last couple of weeks, that hasn't been that. Now, obviously, we did just get our first win. But turnovers, you know, the improvement on that side of things has been commendable as well as the discipline. I mean, we go back and look, and I went through this um, last night because there was something that stuck out to me when I was watching film um, as well as I forget somebody commented on it in the pressure, I think. Um, but if you go back and look, when I speak on improvement and discipline, Nine penalties against the Falcons, six against the Saints, 13 against Seattle. We know that debacle. I mean, that, that, that. Mm. Minnesota, we had six, seven against Detroit. And then your last two weeks, again, you only had three. So when you're playing disciplined football and when you protect the football, it's hard to lose football games. Now, that Miami game, obviously, to me, is an outlier. Um, I don't think that we had a shot at all in that game. Obviously, we went up 14 0, but. The overwhelming majority of the population understood that this was going to be one of those games that we were just going to have to take that beating, and ultimately they just had a lot more, um, a lot more dogs on their team. They had a lot more talent on their side of the football. Ultimately, that's why they came out with a win. But when you deal with a team that's, you know, that you can compete with from a level standpoint or from a um, talent standpoint, as well as a competence standpoint, I'd say, and you protect the football and show discipline, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And a lot of those penalties as well that I spoke about um, a second ago were coming in in big moments throughout these games. Like the Seattle game, there were so many times where, you know, it was a big second down or a big third down. We got in front of the sticks or we're right on, we're right on track to get a first down based on the bullshit uh, game plan Frank Wright is drawing up. And then, you know, we end up with a false start or we end up with a holding. Now, I thought that we were going to be off to a terrible start against Houston when we were pinned, you know, within our own 10 or whatever may have you. And then I believe we got a false start, and then we got a holding on a on a tuba run on second down. That was a big play. And then it gave up a sack the first play of the series. And that's what it was. Well, that's why we even got back there yeah. is because it gave up a sack. Um, so I thought it was going to be bad, but, I mean, if you look at it, we had two penalties on the first drive, and then we only had one more the entirety of the game. That, to me, is is what we need to see. When we're having these conversations about, you know, like we had last week about what improvements we wanted to see, those are the improvements that we want to see. Just make strides and, and, and take leaps um, in the right direction. Make us feel better about the shit like Terrence said last week. Yeah, I mean – I think that I don't have a lot to say on that subject, but I think that no turnovers and not a lot of penalties, that's that's always the recipe for winning football. If you can come out and win the and win the numbers in those categories, then you have a great chance to win the football game. And I think that you you could see that, I mean, week in and week out, uh starting from the first quarter with Miami, you go up 14-0. And then when you start having these fucking penalties and turning the ball over, then things start to turn a little bit. But 
I mean, when you can get a good, clean game like we had this past Sunday, not turning the ball over, not getting demolished in, in the penalty standpoint, at, in the penalty stats, then it, it leads to an outcome like it did Sunday. So I think that, you know, the coaches, I guess they must have been in practice cleaning shit up because, like I always say, it's either coached or, I mean, you just condone the shit. And so, and that might be, we might be able to chalk that up to Frank Wright not having so much responsibility on uh, on himself now. He yep. has the one responsibility to overlook the team, overlook the coaching staff, and not having to call plays and do that at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that could, that could, you know, be a direct correlation to that. I could be reaching a little bit, but, I mean, the the – less responsibility you have, the more time you get to really lock in on what your job description is. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but we, we have looked a lot different in the past few weeks when it comes to those stats. So most definitely. And, and, you know, I think that Frank Wright is aware of that as well. You know, they asked him in the presser, I believe on Monday, it was either Monday or Tuesday, you know, how he felt and things of that nature in regards to not having, play calling duties and you know how how it felt just as far as a freedom or from a freedom standpoint excuse me and he said you know I, I felt good because I had a lot more um freedom to do other things I could focus on other things I could be like he said two weeks ago I could be more of that CEO and be the kind of the overseer and so I think that's significant I really do and like you just said I, that may play a role that may be playing into that I guess you could say, because even in that Miami game, if we look at the first quarter, that first quarter looked a lot different, and it's been rumored that Thomas Brown kind of was calling the shots throughout that Miami game. And so if you just take those two things into account and then you look at the discipline and you look at the lack of turnovers in those two games, that could be a direct correlation. Now, obviously, it's a hypothetical and it's speculation. However, I mean – if a damn if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, then more than likely it is a duck. And so I would say that you may be onto something in that regard. Now, going off of that, how did you feel about Thomas Brown and you know his debut as a play caller? Because I will say this, and I said it on the live, and I'll say it here now. A lot of people, you know, we were very, very happy and excited that we won the game. And my stance initially was the offense didn't look much different however when I went back and watched film I cannot say that I feel the same way by any stretch of the imagination so how did you think he did you know in his play calling debut yeah and I I hit on it on the live a little bit uh obviously the points aren't going to reflect it the stats aren't going to reflect it but I mean if you've been able to watch the games from week one to now then I think you see a difference in formations. I think you see a difference in the personnel that's on the field. Uh, I think you see uh, a difference in the way that the offense is able to move the defense around and really put our players in positions to make plays. Uh, And specifically speaking on a lot of different formation changes, I don't really see us running out of the pistol like we was uh, the first couple weeks of the season. Um, and I think that the the offense that Thomas Brown implemented this past week, it, it gives Bryce a lot of opportunities to make plays. Like, th- there could be a, a lot of plays made out of the formations that we have. And so, 
I think that that's what was the big difference in the offense that I seen. And it allowed Bryce to spread the ball around a little bit more, get other receivers involved. Um, it kept the defense guessing. It kept them on their toes. Uh, it wasn't the same still running plays, uh, even though the run game didn't look that great or didn't look great at all. But in that same breath, uh, I think that Thomas Brown was confident. Even if the running game doesn't look good, I know that I still have Bryce Young as my quarterback. I know I still have Adam Thielen as my leading receiver. So as long as those guys are on the field, we'll be okay because we'll still be able to make plays in other areas. And so, yeah, I, I think that that was one of the biggest changes in my opinion. And I think when you start to get guys back like LaVisca and things of that sort, then we'll continue to have have plays that look a lot better. We even seen fucking a play 40, 50 yards down the field to Adam Thielen. We even seen him connect with uh, – Jonathan Mingo on a 40-yard reception. So, I mean, things like that. Those are not things that we've seen in week one. Uh, in week one, we were seeing Miles Sanders tote the ball for fucking 20 yards to- in totality. He got two carries this past week. Yep. And I think that that was another big thing in the pro- play calling. Like Thomas Brown said, no block, no rock. And so, I think when he started to call plays and – really take over the offense. It wasn't this buddy-buddy son football shit. It was like, nigga, you can either play or you can't. You can either play the way I want you to play, play my style offense that I'm calling, or you can sit your ass on the bench. I don't care how much we paid you in the offseason. We see it with Miles Sanders. We've seen it with Hayden Hurst. It doesn't matter what we did to go get get you in the offseason. If you're not playing to my play style, then I don't want you on the field. And that's one thing that was very commendable of Thomas Brown, in my opinion, because he's not afraid to sit, guys. You want to put your best players on the field, and it doesn't matter because they have this big name attached to them, this big contract attached to them. And so I, I think that was a big difference in the play call. I know that was a went on a rant there, but. No, that's, I mean, that's good feedback. That's good feedback. And I, I, I would say that I agree. I would say that I agree. Like I said, coming out of the game, you know, being there, the offense didn't really look spectacular. And I won't come on here and say after I watched film, the offense looked spectacular. I'm not going to say that. But it's just, like you said, playing more so to Bryce's strengths. You know, you're you're moving the pocket a little bit more. He's throwing from different platforms. You know, the ball is being spread around a lot. Now, obviously, Adam Thielen still led the team. But now we're seeing Jonathan Mingo with 62 yards and four catches. You know, we're seeing Tommy Trimble with the touchdown. Um, so the ball was just going to being spread around a lot more. And like you said as well, it was very, very significant to me only seeing two carries from Miles Sanders. So I don't know, you know, we, we had the question about was Deuce Staley responsible for the personnel. But, I mean, I would – if I'm looking at it, then – Deuce Staley hasn't changed. So I would have to look at Frank Wright and say maybe it was Frank Wright that kept rolling Miles Sanders out there. And in that same breath, I don't know if things will look different next week with Miles Sanders only getting two touches because I don't know if that was in part um, of or in part of the injury. Did I say that right? No, I didn't I say it. I was about to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it right. I, don't, I think that the injury may have played a – may have played a role as well in that, but this is the injury that we believe that Miles Sanders has had for the entirety of the year. Yeah. So if that's the case, and we've been calling for Chuba Hubbard to be the number one running back 
for the entirety of the season, all the way starting all the way back in week one when he looked better, more explosive, like a better overall back than Miles Sanders in Atlanta. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm upset about it. I think it was the right call. As far as the run game goes, we're going to attribute that to just a bullshit offensive line play, really. Really, if we're going to keep it 100. Icky, talking about you. Austin Corbett, I know that you just came back, so I'm going to shoot you a little bit little bit of bell. Go to bro. Uh, Bradley Bozeman. Other bro. T- uh, yo, yo, boy. <laughs> yeah. Timo. Yeah, like it, the shit is not looking. It's not looking hot. So you know we ha- we're gonna have a problem with running the ball to, at the volume that we did and not necessarily having you know the numbers to show for it. But in the same in that same breath in that same respect, I believe Thomas Brown came in here with the plan, and that was not gonna discourage him away from his game plan. The lack of execution in the run game was not gonna discourage him in the game plan. And I think the ability to continue to run the football played a role in the uh, passing game opening up. I do. So I think Thomas Brown did a hell of a job. And I'm interested to see, like you said, when LaVisca comes back, um, what he'll do with him. I'm interested to see what it's going to look like going forward uh, in that running back room. Because did we see Chuba Hubbard this week become the running back one going forward? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Was that because of a Miles Sanders injury? Um, So it's a lot of things, you know, and then we saw Blackshear be a lot more involved as well, not only from a special teams perspective, but we saw him make a couple of catches, and then he did get four or five touches himself. So, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting, and, again, it's encouraging to see things kind of turn – turn in the right direction yeah and i'll just make this one last point i think that this was a very hard offense to game plan against and i don't say that because the offense was necessarily explosive but i think if the texans went into the to the game this week and watched film and based their defensive scheme off of what they've seen in the past weeks they were extremely misled this week and so I think that that played a difference as well into us being able to come out with the win because I think that it was an offense that they had the game plan for on the fly. It was things that we haven't seen throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. And so, yeah, in other words, I think Thomas Brown did a great job. Uh, I think he will continue to to get better uh, as the season goes on, continue to get more more comfortable with the players that he has, starts to know their strengths and their weaknesses, and then starts to – Plug and play guys that that need to be on the field. Those guys like Raheem Blackshear uh, and things of that sort. Those guys like Tommy Tremble. Those guys like Chuba Hubbard and so and uh, Sullivan. And so I think when when he starts to get more comfortable, we'll continue to see the offense get better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we staying on this side of the football. Are are uh, are the vets clipped? Or is Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders clipped? Because I'll say. Tommy Trimble, he's looked he's looked sharp this year. Yeah, specifically the last three games, he's looked good. And Miles Sanders, I mean, we've both, all three of us, for as a matter of fact, have been calling for Miles Sanders to have less of a role in the offense and get less touches. And then at the end of the game, we see both of the guys that we're referencing damn near dick the game away for us. 
Yeah. We seen Hayden Hurst drop that little simple last three, four, five yard out route. And then we saw Miles Sanders quote unquote run the wrong route on fourth and two, making the catch for Adam Thielen a lot more difficult. So is this something that we're gonna look more into? Are they done? I mean, I would say I, I'll go ahead and start with Hayden Hurst. I say that initially our reason for bringing Hayden Hurst in was because he would be more of a security blanket for uh, Bryce. You know, that's that's what the role that a lot of tight ends serve in the league now, and that's something that's especially important for a rookie quarterback to have a vet tight end like Hayden Hurst, who was a great pass-catching tight end. But I think that Bryce has found that security blanket in Adam Thielen. And so that kind of pushes Hayden Hurst out the door a little bit because we don't really see Bryce dumping down to tight ends. Uh, and so, meaning that's why Tommy Tremble, he gets the ball on the goal line. He he's the, he's the guy that's in the game when we're on the goal line and we're throwing the ball to a tight end. But we don't really see those guys getting involved in the passing game as we're marching down the field. If we need a short pass catcher, then we look to Adam Thielen. And so I think he's more so of serving the purpose as a tight end like Hayden Hurst. So that's why I think he's starting to get pushed out of the offense a little more. And then, I mean, when you get a chance to get in that bitch and then you go and fuck it away by dropping the pass, like, that doesn't make your situation that doesn't make your situation better. And I think when you have a guy who, another guy in the tight end spot who's a vertical threat like Sullivan, uh, I mean, that that starts to make the job a little bit harder. Miles Sanders, I mean, we've been calling for that nigga head, honestly. And I think we, we've seen Chuba be the best running back throughout the first week of the season. And so I think that as we started to see it, the coaches should have been seeing it, but they start to see it as well. And so I think that that's why Chuba, even though it could be for injury, I don't really think it is. But I think that's why Chuba has began to carry most of the load because he he provides us the best chance to win when it comes to the running game. We know he's going to run north and south. We know he's going to fight for the extra yards. We know he's not going to be in the backfield dancing around. And, I mean, if we put Miles Sanders on the field and he can't even run the right fucking route, then, I mean, nigga, you're useless at this point because yep. we have a pass catching running back in Raheem Blackshear. Yep. And – and I would even go a step further in saying that we have two because Chuba, the knock on him, like I said a week and a half ago, the knock on him was the fact that he couldn't catch the football. That doesn't seem like a problem. Yeah, we've seen that as a lately. Exactly, 100%. So, yeah, I mean, the the use for Miles Sanders. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know, man. Like, just, I mean, <laughs> just in a moment of transparency. So, as y'all know, we record on Tuesday nights. And, you know, I do my best to make sure everything is edited properly. And, you know, y'all can't tell the time lapses and things of that nature. But that shit has lapsed today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing less. We've been having technical difficulties for like the last 90 minutes. That's what we do to bring y'all the best quality production. Yeah, like legitimately after working all day. <laughs> um, but kind of getting back on topic, yeah, the, the use for the use for Miles Sanders is is very, very slim at this very moment. And um 
obviously you give a running back like that a contract. You give any any player like that realistically a contract um, like that during the offseason, you're going to want your return on investment. However, Miles Sanders deserves to be locked the fuck up <laughs> for robbery. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for, what <he> <laughs> for what he did. I mean, yeah. And then I, I, I'm still fully convinced, and we've said this like three or four times this year, um, I'm still fully convinced that he's dealing with an injury he li- that he lied about during training camp that the team lied about on his behalf. And I think that's that's the problem right now with him. That and the fact that, you know, when you're – like you've mentioned multiple times, when you're having – you know, when you're running behind the best offensive line in football, you go from that to what this Carolina Panthers offensive line currently looks like, and this is the result that you get. And unfortunately – we can't have a guy back there dancing around, dicking around, playing with himself in the backfield, trying to find a hole. We got to have somebody like Chubb that's going to explode through it. And Miles Sanders doesn't even have the advantage of being the receiving back, like you just mentioned, because we have Blackshear, we have Chuba. And LaVisca. And LaVisca when he comes back. Exactly. So Miles Sanders, his reps to be minimal going forward in the season, in my opinion. Hayden Hurst, you know, um, on the live, I tried to defend him, and then I went back and watched the game again, watched film again, and I just see how that drop pass could have dicked us. Legitimately, could have dicked us. Um, and then, you know, he wants to be in the media talking about him not getting enough touches and doing this and that, this and that. But, brother, <laughs> I hate to tell you, but – Number one, you were brought in here to be a security blanket for our rookie quarterback. You simply haven't done that up until this point. And it's not like you're fucking George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because if I'm not mistaken, Hayden Hurst's career high in yards may be like 561 for a season. Let me confirm that just real quick. But I, mean, I mean, and <laughs> if he was that, they wouldn't have shipped him out of uh, Cincinnati. Or Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean. Yeah, so it's just like one of those situations where, buddy, you can't really do too much complaining. Yeah, 571 on the head. Kind of like a hoe asking to be wiped up. Like, I mean, that that, that was kind of outrageous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah, like that was kind of outrageous, but I feel you, though. But, I mean, that's what it is. You've been passed around, you know, you ain't really put on the best performances, and now you want all the targets. Like, you want all the attention. Oh, I mean, what are you worth? <laughs> mm. Those are the thoughts and views of Tavian York going. No, you sound a no little personal. <laughs> yeah, oh God, it sound like it sound like he he got some PTSD off a situation like that for real. I ain't gonna put myself. <laughs> out there. Um, okay, let's see, let's see, where do we go next? Uh, we finally found a kick returner. I don't want to ever see anybody back there besides Raheem Blackshear ever again. Uh, there was one return I believe he had that was at the 22. Other than that, everything started further than the 25 yard line. Um, damn, I know I just fuck. I just, I mean, just so fucked up, so bad. In 4K too. In 4K too. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I don't want to ever see another returner. I really would love to see him take a mirror spot on the punt returns. Because I don't know what he was doing on Sunday, but I mean, <laughs> damn. Hey, that's for you, Dylan. Because you the one made that statement. 
Yeah, Dylan, that was real. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to get on your top because you can't defend yourself. But that was real preposterous, bro. Like, one nigga, it's a couple niggas on the team that you can't talk bad about the JJ. It's Donk. It's Frankie. Excuse me. It's Oofs. <laughs> Excuse me. And Raheem Blackshear. Them three, you can't say shit negative about them niggas to me. Hate to tell you. So. That's just sad as and, and to be honest. <laughs> He made the whole he made the whole stadium pop in the second half when he about cribbed that hole. So you know I don't want to see I don't want to see a mirror anymore. I want to see Blackshear on punt return. I want to see Blackshear on kick return, and I want to see Blackshear on a weekend week out basis getting more touches than Miles Sanders. Hate to tell y'all, but that's just my stance and that's just the way I feel. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh. You want to go to Bryson CJ or do you want to go to um, Icky? I feel like the Bryson CJ conversation is going to last a little bit longer, but I'll let you choose because uh, I know that you had a lot to say about seventy nine. Yeah, I mean, well, we might as well start there. I mean, this has to be. I mean, damn man, you you gonna get Bryce killed back that bitch, and I ain't even being funny, bro. You you really gonna get the man killed? I I don't even think you realize how much jeopardy you're putting his career in by coming out there week in and week out and putting on the kind of performance that you are. As I went back and watched film, I mean, you can see it getting beat on damn near every play, even plays that wasn't even going to his side. Even plays where you just kind of act like you can block somebody and beat. I mean, the shit is embarrassing as fuck. I mean, I've never seen, and like you said, I've never seen this kind of drop-off from a player in damn near my whole life from year one to year two. Because you would think you're supposed to get better. But that simply hasn't been the case, and I mean... We're to the point where it's like everybody thinks that we'll go into the draft looking for a receiver, free agency looking for a receiver, but it's to the point we we have to go get a left tackle. We have to. And the only reason we have to do that is if you want to still have a career because the, the only other option would be to move you to guard. And, I mean, God forbid, if you can't play that, then, I mean, you got to go. I'll be honest. You got to go. Which is sad to say because he has so much upside coming in, coming into the league. He was damn near one of the best linemen his rookie season. Well, by, probably by, by the end of the season. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, he was one of the best linemen on our team. Yeah. And then shit just simply went downhill from that. I don't know what the fuck you did in the offseason. I don't know if you was dicking around fucking having a circle jerk doing all this other bullshit but it ain't no way you was putting in no fucking work because i mean damn it i mean that shit just looks embarrassing week in and week out and you have veteran guys on the team taylor moulton austin corbett bradley bozeman but i mean I don't know, man. I don't know. That shit is sad. Like, he's really going to end up getting Bryce killed. Because, yeah. I mean, most of the sacks and hits came from his side. Yeah. And it's just simply, it, it looks like it's too challenging for him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like the most basic, basic, basic look schematically 
he's getting abused. Like that first sack that you mentioned, the first drop back that we had of the game. I mean, they were in a four. They were in a four man front. They slant it in. They slant it inside. The end slant it inside across Icky's face, and then the simple uh, only thing he had to do was kick out. Yeah. I mean, he 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 slid in. Okay, cool. That's no longer your responsibility. He went across your face, so now that guard has your back. And the way he got beat by the linebacker, just from the word go, was just pathetic. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do Icky the way we've done a couple niggas on this podcast before because he just seemed like a good dude. But you're fucking embarrassing, bro. Like, honestly, with all due respect, and I mean no harm behind that, but the way you're getting beat week in and week out by niggas that we don't even know. That had three fingers tape. I mean, it's just sick. Like, and this is the guy that, a lot of analysts, a lot of journalists, a lot of experts were saying was going to take that next step. Some even going as far as to saying he would be an all-pro this year. And, I mean, my God. Like, <laughs> I be feeling bad for Bryce. Because it's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he can see what's coming on that side, bro. Like, that's the blind side, so, you know. That shit, them hits is a little bit different. And he, they are just teeing off on that little nigga. I mean, trying to stretch him. The shit is bad. What's the name? What, what What's bro's name? Uh, Atlanta, about four or five years ago, gave up Chaz six. Green? Yeah. Icky, unfortunately. That <laughs> no, actually, not even unfortunately. Thankfully, we don't have nobody on this team to replace you right now. Because I'm not fully convinced with the performance that I've seen that you might not be one of them circumstances, one of them situations. Kind of like, uh, who was it? Benay Ben Wickery that got dicked against Julio in the Dome and he was gone the next fucking day. They will probably shoot you a little bit more bail because you're on that rookie deal still and you're still, you know, a young guy second year. They will shoot you a little bit more bail than that. But just simply be thankful that right now we don't have anybody to replace you. And that's why I was saying on the live, like, I don't even know if moving the nigga inside is is going to help. Like, it'll help to some degree, but I still think you will still be in a position where you have to go get another lineman because he's simply just not that at this point. And yeah. I don't know what the fuck has happened, uh, but, I mean, damn. Like, that shit just can't happen. It just can't happen. It can't. It simply can't. <coughs> oh, shit. <coughs> My apologies. Um, let's see. So Bryce and CJ. I mean, obviously, this is what everybody wants to talk about. This was the this was the storyline coming in. Um, I mean, this is probably the the part that'll make Terrence's cock the hardest. Uh. I mean, for the most part, I think that I said what I needed to say in regard to to Bryce. Uh, he was the toughest. He was the toughest player on the field on Sunday. He was. I mean, all you have to do really is turn on the film and go see the throws that he was able to make. Go see the hits that he was taking. Go see, you know, the fact that he was sacked six, seven, eight times, whatever it was, under constant pressure, damn near the whole game, and at the end of the game, he still delivered. He still delivered. That's something, you know, and then some of the throws, like even the the 
throw that you referenced a couple times a day. That throw to Adam Thielen was insane. Like, that shit was insane. I knew that shit was insane up top. And then I saw on the damn broadcast, and then I saw on the All-22, and I mean, Jesus Christ. That shit was nasty. And there was a couple of them like that. There was one I don't know who he threw to, maybe Jonathan Mingo going across the middle or something like that, facing pressure, the nigga throwing like he jeter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and transparently Sunday, now I'm not going to, I don't know for a fact, you know, I don't know whatever, but what I do know is Sunday, Bryce Young was a better quarterback than CJ Stroud, and he got the win, and, you know, he deserved it. He deserved it. He got the help from his teammates that Terrence has been demanding. A lot of guys made a lot of plays. DJ Chark obviously had to drop on the sideline, as did Jonathan Mingo. Now, a lot of people, like Terrence again, want to, you know, ridicule Jonathan Mingo for that drop. But as I watched it in film, tough play. Tough play. Oh, now it's that. Yeah, because I yeah because I had to watch it in film. But, I mean, when I seen it live, it did was Did it hit him like, in his bitch-ass hands? Yes or no? I mean, yeah, but okay, still, cool. it was still a tough play. That's well, still a tough. Well, play. we need them tough plays. You're right, and that's why I said. But that's what I told her on the live. Like me seeing Jonathan Mingo over the past couple of weeks get more and more involved. I think that a lot of people have already started writing him off, and I just don't think that it's time for that yet. I mean, not really writing him off. Just be better. Simple. Be better. Well, I mean, he went four for sixty-two the other day. He could have went four for eighty. Five for eighty, be yeah, better. I mean, he could, he could have, and you know what, he will be. Well, I'm glad that you're you're making that stance. But I mean, I don't really have to say much about the Bryson CJ matchup. I know JJ wants me to come in here, and I don't know whatever narrative he tries to paint with y'all. But I mean, just turn on film, watch the fucking game. I mean, all of y'all wanted the nigga to fail. All of y'all wanted the. Uh, this the back y'all's belief that CJ should have been the number one pick, that he's this, he's that. But, I mean, transparently, mm, I ain't even going to say it. But, listen. What? what, what? I, was, <laughs> I was like, to me, he ain't shit. Based off what I seen, I got the better quarterback. In, in my most professional opinion. However professional that is. <laughs> but, I mean, if you turn on the film, watch the game, Bryce just had a better game. I mean, the throws that he made, uh, the throws that he made moving around the pocket, um, the under-pressure throws, uh, hitting guys in the fucking chest plate. I mean, just the whole nine yards. He just looked better than CJ. CJ had a, a little run at the beginning of the game, but, I mean, that wasn't really hitting on shit, honestly. And then our defense just made him look like a hoe the rest of the game, if you ask me. So... I mean, what the fuck y'all got to say now? That's the question. What the fuck do y'all got to say now? I.E. J.J. What, what the fuck do y'all got to say now? Is that at me? I mean. Bro, this is the thing. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. You want me to give him head? Like, I mean, I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, I, I told you that he was the better quarterback. I even went as far as to say he was the toughest player on the field on Sunday. Well, it's just sad that it had to get to this point for you to believe that. Not really. Yeah. Yeah, well, really. Not really, because the past two, the past two or three weeks, I've given him his credit. I have. I mean, I've given him his credit every time he does something well. Every time he looks like he could potentially be that, 
I've given him his credit. Yeah, I mean, because you didn't have another choice after you called him every name on the fucking earth. Well, was he not <laughs> playing like that? Not Stop at the time. Stop giving the fucking football. Uh, not at the times that you were saying. A lot of it was just emotion because your team was 0-4, 0-5. But it's still, out of those moments, he still had subpar. Well, he still had good quarterback play. There was just some things here and there that he needed to get better at. But like I said, when pieces start to fall in place, when niggas around him start to do their fucking job, the defense specifically, when niggas like Jonathan Mingo decides to start catching passes, when niggas like Miles Sanders, they start to sit him on the bench, when niggas like Chuba Hubbard start to enter the game, like shit started getting a little better, shit started clicking. Mainly when niggas like Frank Wright took a step aside and let Thomas Brown call the plays. Then, I mean, that's the kind of performance you're going to get from the number one overall pick. And I think that he showed that he was the number one overall pick by simply the number two overall pick came in his house and he made him look like a bitch. So cool. I mean, what you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing at all. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I have another another uh, statement to make. Uh, Eddie Pinero, slow your fucking roll, nigga. <laughs> 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 like, honestly, be serious. Like, honestly, it took me about 10 minutes to get to my car from inside of the stadium. Just know from those 10 minutes, somehow, Eddie Pinero had going on Instagram talking about that's how we do that was for you Panther Nation all of this shit nigga be fucking serious bro I hate to tell you but I mean there's a lot of niggas in the stands that you were playing in front of on Sunday that can make a 17 yard field goal or however the fuck long it was like honestly be serious because the the simple fact of the matter is if Frankie Louvu didn't save your ass on that two point conversion that flipped what we had going on we're not even in that situation. We're probably already ass out. That's number one. Because you wanted to miss a field goal when when we, you know, when it came time to tie the ball game up at 7-7. Be serious, bro. And then he want to go in the locker room on the damn, uh, with Sheena and them, talking about I hope they have a safe flight back. Like, nigga, be for, like, be for real, bro. Be for real. Like, you're you, you not that, bro. Because mm. the last two games, you don't miss two extra points, if I'm not mistaken. You don't even want me to say what I want to say. Because, I mean, if it was up to me, you wouldn't even fucking be here right now. We would have left your bitch ass in Atlanta after last year. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. that That's really all I wanted to say on that. Like, be fucking for real. Like, cause, I, I, I mean. They gave him the game ball, though. One of them. I mean, did you? they gave out fucking 15 goddamn game balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened when you don't win football games. You just start giving shit to niggas that don't even really deserve the shit. Because Mingo got one, too. Yeah, that's nasty work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Mingo got one. I mean, work. I can't. Let me. I don't even know if I can find a list. But just know, nigga, <laughs> it was extensive. And I really was just disgusted. Like, I mean, damn, nigga. Is this what it's come to? 15 game ball. I mean, they gave out three on damn game day. And then they went into the damn, uh, into Monday and gave out about five, six, seven more of them bitches. It won't 10 goddamn players on the field that played well enough to get a game ball. I swear to God, it wasn't. I can maybe name three. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best thing you saw, man? 
Uh, I mean, I know this is gonna be <laughs> some dick eating shit. No, I mean just a a win in general. Like that's the best thing I saw. I saw both units able to come together collectively and win a fucking football game. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it didn't look pretty. It wasn't a a sexy win. We didn't go out there and put up a bunch of points. But, I mean, both units stepped up when they needed to. And so I know that's a very broad answer. So, I mean, let me let me break it down a little bit. So the best thing I saw was getting the ball six minutes left on the nine-yard nine line and QB1 marching the team down the field and putting us in position to win the game. I think that situations like that uh, will is the beginning of molding a player to be a great player in the future. Already getting thrown in the fire and in that kind of game uh, with those kind of expectations, playing against the number one, the number two overall pick in your house, first game, first win of the season. Uh, I think that. That was the best thing I saw. Cool. Um, shit, I don't even know what the best thing I saw was. Honestly, probably the probably the throw that he made to Thielen was probably the best throw that I saw on Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I won't go any further than that. The worst thing that I saw was Icky. <laughs> Hands down. I mean, he's just fucking sad as hell. Uh, the regression. The mechanics, the fundamentals, just everything about his game right now is 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 nasty, nasty, nasty fucking work. Just nasty work. Um and Miles Sanders as well. Two touches for zero yards, and you're on the payroll for four years, twenty four and a half million dollars. And the and, and what we use you for in our first game that we've won in the whole season is two rushes for zero yards and almost the fucking biggest nut of the fucking decade on fourth and two. That's what we that's what we paid you four years, two hundred uh twenty four and a half million dollars for. Yeah, I mean you took my worst thing. <clears throat> because I swear to God, Miles Sanders, if you would have cost us that game by doing that bullshit, oh my God. Nigga, they <laughs> They would have had to take your fucking key card that night, or I would have had to come and take that bitch for you. Because, I mean, that shit is just embarrassing. Embarrassing as fuck. The way that you can work yourself out of a lineup like that, you get paid like what? He was the highest paid running back in the offseason. Yep. Coming out of free agency. Uh, You go and fumble the game away against Atlanta. And then from there on out, you continue to look like bullshit on the ground. Arguably fumble, fumble the game away against Detroit as well, but continue. Yeah, you continue to look like bullshit week in and week out. Then all of a sudden, you lying about an injury. Um, Yeah, I mean, the shit is just fucking pathetic. The, the best thing that I've seen us do with you is the fact we only gave you two fucking carries. That's the best thing that I've seen come out of the season with you, that you only got two carries last game. And then the fact that you get in the game, I don't even know why he's in the game on that situation. I, I don't ever want to see either. him line up fucking wide again. We have enough receivers on the team where Miles Sanders shouldn't be the fifth receiver. I mean, it just shouldn't fucking happen. I'd rather see 
bro that returned the fucking punch out that bitch. Yeah, in that situation, I mean, he has to be a better receiver than Miles Sanders. He has to be a better option than Miles Sanders. At least know how to run a fucking route. Properly. Because there's no way that you thought that you and Adam Thielen should end up in the same fucking place on a, what was it, fourth down? Fourth down, fourth and two. So, I mean, Game yeah. Game on the line. The shit is just pathetic, man. Like, every time he steps on the field, he puts us in jeopardy of fucking dicking away a football game. So, yeah, he, he's the worst thing that I saw. <laughs> Uh, player of the game, Frankie. Frankie, nothing else to be said. Not even remotely close. <laughs> Not even remotely close. 12 tackles, two TFLs, a sack, two pass breakups, two, both in huge moments, one for a two-point conversion, one on third down, I believe, and he looked like fucking Mike. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Jackson or Jordan. I mean, or Jackson or Tyson, I'm talking about Jordan. That nigga looked like he was floating in the damn air. Yeah, God didn't even want to let you get that shit out, right? Well, he did. Go look at the film. The bitch was about three three feet off the damn, uh, three feet off the ground. He did. He was by far the best player on the field on Sunday. Not the toughest. He was the best, though. Player of the game. <laughs> I, I I don't want to get him to play of the game just because you suck the nigga off. Like, I mean, I, but you I, don't got no choice. I mean, I do, but there's always a choice. But if I want to be logical about the situation, then I mean, I guess I would say Frankie was the the best player on the field. Uh, he put our team in position to win. Um, he brought the energy from the start on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he continues to be everywhere on the field. If you want him to get a sack, he can go and do that. If you want him to be a run stopper, he can do that. If you want him to drop back in coverage and defend the pass, he can do that as well. The only guy that I've probably seen thus far that hasn't brought shit effort to the game when transparently he can have every reason to do so, being that they haven't won a game up until this point all season. So has every opportunity to, to fold. Uh, to not show up to the game and, and give 100%. He'll be up for a contract as well. So, I mean, yeah. So, given given all of that, um, and for him to continue to come out and play how he's played thus far in the season, and specifically last game, then, yeah, I, I'll say Frankie was the player of the game. But non-Dom, he coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the trade dead, uh, trade deadline did occur yesterday, and unfortunately, because we've been having technical difficulties, and my producer looked like he' about to fall over on his chair, we're not gonna get into it. But um, <laughs> the lack of sense of urgency when you're only two and a half games behind in the division, with ten games remaining on your schedule, is just preposterous and befuddling. You don't go get any draft capital. You don't go add a weapon for your rookie quarterback that's been struggling throughout the whole year. It's confusing as fuck, and I don't want to get too much into it, but I just want y'all to know that we are fully aware that that did occur, and nothing happened. No moves were made at all. Now, I have a couple of theories around that, but... Unfortunately, our time has run out. So maybe y'all will get it on the preview. Maybe y'all won't. Who knows? But yeah. Because 
let us not pay Frankie this all season to see how I act. <laughs> I think there's another player you need to pay as well, but let us not pay either one of them. More so Frankie. I then mean, that's when that's a problem. More so Frankie. And actually, it is going to be a problem for BB too because if I go back two years and you got offered two first rounds and then you fucked them in his ass in the off season, fucked them in the ass in training camp, and then you fuck them by making them play week one, and then he continues to play the whole season. Even with his his fucking elbow dicked. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, <laughs> make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all of that. Tune in on Friday, 9 a.m. for our game preview for against the Indianapolis Colts. Tune into the live on. Thursday at 7 o'clock, Sunday after the game as well. Instagram at for Panthers fans only. Um, and yeah, appreciate everybody that uh, participated in the jersey giveaway. Congratulations to Greg. Congratulations to Hudson. Hudson, Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> George Art. Yeah, and congratulations to Panthers Union too as well. All three of our winners. And also make sure you tune in because we will be having a major giveaway December 24th or before that, actually. Um, and, yeah, other than that, that's all I, ha- I really have. So appreciate y'all tuning in. See y'all next week. Or actually Friday. My fault. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Real drippy right